Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Film Odyssey podcast, where me and my brother truck through cinema on a quest to find the best films ever made. And this week, we're talking about Forrest Gump. So, Randy. Can I do it one time? One time. We're talking about Forrest Gump. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Randy. Shut the fuck up. Everyone, everyone gets it. This, like, Forrest Gump has... Tom Hanks has the weirdest fucking accent in this movie, and it's... It's, it's not a, so bad as long as he's not saying Jenny. It it's really is. Okay, so... Also, I'm probably going to be saying Jenny all fucked up because I just can't undo it, you know? I, I know. Because uh, all, the way I talk is like a literally sponge of everything I you know, You've heard, with. yeah. So, everyone. So, we watched Forrest Gump, uh, the Robert Zemeckis film that made all the money in 1994. Uh, won six awards. Won six, six Academy Awards. Six Academy Awards. Best... best picture best director best writing best actor this is best visual effects best visual effects this is the movie that kind of like helped cement tom hanks as like a-list star material because he does same private ryan at like a year or two after this that movie's great he's doing um uh i believe he's doing toy story very soon after this or maybe right or actually yeah he did like right before this yeah then he does Forrest Gump, and after, this is the first Oscar, and after this he just starts yeah. becoming America's good guy. He's the he's the 21st century's Henry Fonda. Sure. <laughs> but, um, yeah, this is a weird fucking movie. We Strange fucking so movie. So strange. And not, like, not in a bad way. Well, here, I, here's the th- it's okay. not a weird and strange movie in the way that other movies that we've seen are weird and strange. This isn't weird and strange, like, um, Mulholland Drive, you know, in, or Mulholland in, in, Drive, like throwback to one of the only the, movie I've reviewed that's not on this po- or the, on the, this podcast. Yeah, the pilot episode on yeah, the, the too obscure. Yeah, for, it's not weird like that movie. It's, it's not, not weird, weird like, like Easy Rider. Rider. Yeah, you yeah, got it. Jinx, you me It's it's like because it's tr- it's like a comedy, but it's really not, and it tries to be this epic romance, but it's really not, really not, and it's this kind of drama through history but it kind of is it's so weird it's doing a bunch of different things at once and it's hitting the average on all of them but it's i don't know if it's the movie itself gets sidetracked and i'm pretty sure that's like the point of it but you can like it's like a really jarring feeling and i think the i think the movie is like trying to really portray that it's like being told by forrest yeah. Which makes the movie, at points, kind of... It makes the movie... Gets to a pure fantasy element. Like, so much throughout the movie. Yeah, like... It, there's so many points in the movie where you're just like, oh, come on, like... Like, I was I was almost in it. I was almost immersed in the story. And then I see this shit happen. I'm like, oh, come on, like... that. It's not fucking real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I... <laughs> it just takes me out of the movie so many different times. And it's like, it's, it's weird because, like, I want to get more engrossed in the movie and then it just takes me out and then i it works me back in you know it's, it's working the dough you know it's kneading my stick of butter into the dough and then it's just like you know what we don't need that in there and just takes it out do we even need to paraphrase this movie i feel this movie is at this point like just a cultural touchstone for most oh, people no, Dean, Dean. I, no? I have my opinion on that you must paraphrase this movie okay, okay. i don't care how much of a cultural touchstone is that people have not seen th- i mean i don't I don't even know when's the last time I've seen this movie. Ten years ago? Uh, that's probably the same for me. This was a TBS movie for me. Mm-hmm. Where it showed up on, like, TBS or USA, like, around 4th of July oh, or something. USA. Yeah, dude. And I, this would come on and you'd watch it, right? But for those who don't know, the movie follows the gifted gentleman Forrest Gump as he kind of wanders through destiny and dumb luck through some of the most important events of the 20th century. Well, paralleling his story is of his, the love of his life, Jenny, who is going through her own dark and dirty journey through the counterculture and the darker halves of the 20th century. And we see Forrest meet three presidents, become a multimillionaire, uh, a gazillionaire, gazillionaire, go to Vietnam, make friends, lose friends, and just... And not all in that order. And not all in that order, and have this kind of amazing life all seen through the eyes of a man we question can even understand the significance of the world around him. And it's kind of a fascinating journey 
through America's history, quote unquote. Yeah, the the movie basically takes place in the last like quarter century, right? Of of like the twentieth century. Yeah, I think I think in continuity of the film, it's like, like the mid nineteen fifties to like nineteen eighty well, something. He's born in like nineteen forty five, I think. Forty seven, something, something, something like, like that, that. Because it's like that's what's on like Jenny's tombstone, right? Yeah. At the end of the spoilers, Jenny dies at the end. Yeah. And she and and on her headstone it's like eighty two is when she died. So I'll yeah. say this is the whole movie takes the span of like thirty ish years. Yeah. And it's it's a fascinating love letter to the American twentieth century. Kind of like glossing over huge chunks of things and just kind of meandering about in a lot of sections like that's the thing this movie meanders a lot it just kind of wanders in and out of these historical events well, here's and the thing goes I think, through i think that's supposed to be kind of like the take on forest having like a southern drawl mm-hmm. uh, how he's gonna be like very explaining these things and kind of like that drawl you know i think it Let's get into a theme here. I think a, a big theme of the movie is the fact that it's being told by Forrest, right? Yeah. So we're going to be going on these, like, weird tangents and kind of these, like, sprawling, slow, like, awkwardly slow moments in the in the film because that's how he's going to be explaining it. And, I mean, we have family the that's from the book, South yeah. and they tend to talk real slow and they kind of meander around and they tell these long stories and they kind of wander off and come back around. And it's, it's like a style of storytelling yeah. that's very conversational. Yeah. But in the film in, or in general filmmaking, generally you don't want to be these long winding things unless that's, unless you're doing these grand epics, right? That traverse decades and all this stuff What the movie is trying to do, but it's also kind of trying not to it's trying also to be this romance story and this like like comedy it, it's a very again i just keep going back to this. this is a very weird genre mashup of film but go, go back to the point of the like forest telling the telling the story right this is a very subjective film through forest's eyes yeah it's all supposed to be through forest's eyes and and i think that's where we get like the more fantastical elements of the movie right mm-hmm but it's it's one of these things where it just all comes so like just a little off Enough to be noticeable, which I think is like a hindrance to the movie in my eyes, to where like I can tell it's being told by Forrest a little too often. It just doesn't feel naturalistic to you? Which is weird because it would be quite natural to tell a story, right? Like that's that's a pretty everyday thing, you that, know? Yeah, it's like the most human thing you can do when we are storytellers. And also the, the movie is like full of narration, right? Oh yeah, and front to back. And it's just, but it feels so weird, like, it feels so unnatural, so clunky, so, like, cobbled together almost, right? Yeah, which, it's kind of like a mosaic, right? It's a bunch of different pieces just slapped together, and it's trying to tell, like, one cohesive thing, right? And I guess the big question is, is the movie successful in doing it? I think it's successful in telling the story of his life. But the thing is that it's, like, describing it as a mosaic, I think, is, like, very, that's very true. That That is a very good way to describe the movie. Because it is full of so many smaller parts that seem, at, like, when you're watching the movie, that seem, like, not that important. Or, well, they're, they don't seem that important. Even though they're, like, large chunks of his life, they're kind of not for any seeming reason you know like when he runs across the country right he's he even says himself he does it for no particular reason at all and it's only at the end that he says it was just to get his past behind him another thing that happened in the movie that i'm kind of like really questioning most of the time is whenever he says he's uh he thought of jenny right Mm -hmm. what does he think of jenny like when he says that what what is going through his head what is he thinking about it's one of those things that like near the end of the movie kind of struck me like we don't ever get to hear his thoughts about Jenny. We just know that he loves her. He loves her, and that he thinks about her a lot, but we never get to hear his thoughts on Jenny. What does he think about Jenny? And he thinks about Jenny a lot. And it's it's also a thing, because going into this, you hated Jenny from yeah. previous watches. Yes. Yeah, I assume. From what I had remembered. Yeah. And I, you know, like, because re- all I remember from this movie, because again, saw it like ten fucking years ago, was, man, Jenny was, like, so mean to Forrest and screwed him over and blah, blah, blah. And now watching it now, 
like as an adult and like actually having to like contextualize the film it's like man she she was fucked up she had a rough go and watching the movie now it really does strike me when she tells Forrest you don't even know what love is and it it goes back to the question of what does Forrest actually know because I this is another thing well, that I find weird in the movie because people continually call Forrest like oh he's dumb he's an idiot he's this he's that but you know he does like all this stuff like there's there's a point where it's like okay he might be slow on the uptake but the the guy's not dumb you know yeah he might be like you can fall bass backwards into success mm-hmm. we've seen that happen throughout history but it's hard to do it this many times in a row you, you don't hit nothing but buckets for like 40 years so like I, i'm just curious what does force like go through his mind is it just these memories well it has to be the memories right that's that's all Forrest really like keeps a hold of throughout like the whole movie right is the memories like he moves from one place to another from one form of life to another very fluidly without really holding on to anything other than his memories of these people right Mm -hmm. like he is not uh, above moving from Greenboro Alabama to um the capital to New York to um wherever the, the bayou i don't remember where it is where um the bubblegum shrimp is but he is not above moving from place to place to place the only thing he's really keeping is his memories like the, the memories of the people he's he's met before you know but it's kind of a juxtaposed against um jenny who keeps a lot more than just memories along with her right mm. she she's more she's not um keeping these memories like forrest is keeping them because forrest keeps all of them in like I would say, like, a high regard. Mm. But Jenny is more burdened with her memories. You would say she has a baggage? Yes. Because uh, in the movie, because, again, I saw this when I was a kid. I didn't, now going back, I'm like, oh, yeah, Jenny was molested by her, her mm-hmm. dad, and that, like, really ruined her. And she was in, like, really abusive relationships but and all these other things. Here's, the thing, though, is that she seems to grow a lot like when they get to like high school right it mm. it seems like she's like grown past that right but then when they go to college and she gets separated from forest it seems like she almost regresses right yeah which i mean that's a that's a whole can of worms about like what abuse does to you but it's but it's in it's, in, in context, in the of, the context movie. of the movie yeah that that's another thing because i i don't know because if um you've heard like people's arguments about the films because people call this like conservative propaganda because it demonizes jenny's whole counterculture excursion she ends up being like this strung out drug hippie girl that dies whereas forrest is you know slow guy you know down on like basically shouldn't succeed at all but picks himself up by the bootstraps and just works hard and gets the gold right and people call this like conservative propaganda and the filmmakers call it like completely apolitical film which i think is kind of Oh, bullshit? this movie is not an apolitical film. That, right? that That's is, some bullshit? That is some complete bullshit. I, w- I would call this movie, um, if you're taking it through the lens of politics. politics, it's definitely conservative propaganda. Like, I, even though I kind of, I support the whole pulling yourself up, up by your bootstraps, like that whole idea, but this movie takes that to like a whole nother fucking level, right? right. Where it's <laughs> like, like, if you just work hard and run every day and eat your vitamins and say your prayers, you'll become an all-American with a full-ride scholarship and become a Medal of Honor recipient and become a millionaire and get married to the girl of your dreams and you all know, this other might, stuff. You might get one of these things. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Just, but, just, or a fraction of one of these things. But all of these things, like, come on, come the fuck on. Yeah, and then it's the other thing where it's like, now, Jenny, real quick, oh, though, oh, yeah, yeah. real quick, though, but on the flip side, though, I, I basically agree with this movie about it, like, all, oh, like, the portrayal of, like, Jenny's lifestyle. Oh, the, uh, uh, <laughs> the drug-addled hippie, hippie chick? Like, I'm just like, you know, like, I totally agree that this movie, like, takes the whole, like, conservative like goal viewpoint ideal with forest like way too far yeah on the flip side i'm just like no nah, that's pretty accurate for jenny <laughs> like, <laughs> like unfortunately that's just I, th- I think that's just the way it goes i know? mean i mean the thing is with um i think with jenny's thing is because she's going through like the bizarro forest lifestyle because she's yeah. like 
sees like Hal Ashbury's street. The complete foil. The complete foil, right? She's one of these people who probably went to like Woodstock, experienced acid. She went to like L.A. during like the rise of the Doors, and she was in the Hal Ashbury in San Francisco. She like if there was another movie through Jenny's perspective, it would be like like instead of the '60s with Forrest, where he goes to like Vietnam and all this other stuff, it'd be Jenny seeing like you know again Woodstock or like all of LA and, and like I the mean, whole counterculture easy rider. She would live the easy rider lifestyle. Right. Even more than that. Cause she got like politically active too, because she was like, there's the whole scene where they're in like the black Panthers meeting at the, the Capitol. Right. Mm-hmm. And her boyfriend's like the leader of the SDS in like Berkeley, which is like, it, it's like this whole thing where, yeah, I could see Jenny's lifestyle definitely being um, something that would not end well. Because, like, that was a th- that's the whole thing with, like, Easy Rider, right? Where they were the, the free, fun-loving hippies, and then the 60s ended, and they realized we got nothing to show for it, and then it led yeah, to the it, 70s it, being the Depression. It's one of these things where it's like, well, well, what are they working towards, not for, like, their cause, but for themselves? Mm-hmm. There's there's nothing really there, you know? They're not building up on anything other than being, like, a political leader, a political activist, you know? Yeah. And those jobs dry up all the time. <laughs> right. But back to, back to Forrest. Because this movie being called, like, you know, conservative propaganda, what have you, but Forrest as a character... Wait, real quick, though. Yeah. You got my opinion on that. What's your opinion on that? Oh, so, oh, are you kidding me? I, I watched this movie, and I'm like, Ronald Reagan probably masturbated to this <laughs> till he died. I swear to God. Uh, I, don't, I actually don't know if Reagan was alive for when this movie premiered. I don't I know. Mammy was old as fuck when he left the presidency. But I, I imagine, like, this was, like the republican playbook for like a few years like when this movie came out they were all doing like fist palms being like fuck yeah let's let's go. go when it oh. won best when it won best picture they're like let's fucking go yeah this is this is that fucking movie granted like it probably also won because you know the 60s boomer generation or whatever were like man you guys remember when we were kids and everything was simple rad yeah, that yeah. Is, is probably why that movie won a bunch of Oscars but but no i'm, I'm I'm just saying, you know, like, that's probably what happened. They probably all all hit the fist pumps being like, well, let's go, this movie won, you know, and on the flip side, how do you feel about, like, the portrayal of, like, Jenny's life? I mean, I think in Jenny... That political in, the, in the political minds back, I think, honestly, I think Jenny's life is probably, is, is the whole thing, where it's, it's showing two vast extremes, because I think, honestly, I think Jenny is just getting, like, fucked over through most of the movie when we see her. Where I'm like, yeah, it's like, you know, worst case scenario lifestyle choices. But I'm like, it, it fucking sucks. Well, but for her as a damaged character, because I look at her as a damaged character. And I feel it's a thing in the movie where it's like, oh, it's this damaged character going through these damaging things throughout her life. And then she up and fucking dies. She's like this tragic character that we dislike because she makes Forrest's life so hard, but I think she understands that she's not good for him. She's here's, a toxic person Here's for the him. thing, though, is that I don't dislike Jenny because of what she does to Forrest. I dislike Jenny because of what she does to herself. Hmm. Character intention mm-hmm. is something that I come back to. <laughs> yes, yes. As we, we saw in the uh, episode of The Apartment. But character, like, what is Jenny trying to do? Like, it's hard for me to understand where she's going in her life at any particular time. I think that's whether the po- she has any forethought at all. I think that's the point, you know, like how she's, Forrest says at the end, you know, she's some the people, feather on the wind. She's the feather on the wind. You know, some people have a destiny and some are the feather on the wind. And she's this person who runs away from her past and runs away from everything around her. Cause she's searching for, like her destiny or someplace to rest and by the end of the movie i think she kind of figures it out where what she wanted was you know to be with basically the only person who ever legitimately loved her and it just took her forever to figure it out again it's the whole thing where i look at jenny as just this tragic character that i'm like i feel so bad for at the end but also like fuck jenny the <laughs> movie could have ended like when forrest asked asked her to marry him the the first time the first time around the first time around but you know, that's a whole other thing. But um, uh, one thing that we wanted to—I wanted to make a okay, point of—is not only Forrest Gump as a character, but Tom Hanks's performance as Forrest Gump. Oh, because you, you talked about this during the during the run up to yes, uh, us watching this. Because all right, I 
love Tom Hanks. He's a great actor. And Tom Hanks just... I got issues. It might not have been his decision. Let's put it out there. It might not have been his decision. About about the, the talky thing? Well, just... the. You know, how he's portraying how this he's, person. Yeah, how he's portraying a mentally deficient person. Yeah, because he's playing somebody who's who's mentally challenged. And I that is one thing in movies that I always just... You get the yike. yik. Oh, I get the yik. I get the yikes. I just... No. Like, that's something I'm just like, that's not... Kosher. Like, that's not kosher. <laughs> you know, like, like, the thing where people are like, oh, if you're a, um... Like, if you're a... If you're a white dude, you can't play... Uh, Desi Arnaz in like I Love Lucy biopics, right? You mm-hmm. have to be a Spanish actor or yeah. a Cuban actor, or something, right? I'm like, bruh, I get the big yikes when I see like somebody playing somebody who's mentally challenged in film. I like that is one of my big like, I'm bow out of this one like real quick. That's one of my that's one of my no no starters right there. <laughs> it's a non-starter. It's a for non-starter. You. But it's You're like, like nothing good can come of nothing this. nothing good can come of this. But it's like Tom Hanks is real real good in this movie and there's like one there's like a few scenes in this where i'm like man if this was anyone else i would have turned this movie off literally anyone else oh man like it just it's just good enough it's like his portrayal is just good enough for you to kind of gloss over it and kind of accept it and it's a lot of it's because he's so endearing and like he's so well he's not a caricature well, he kind of is. No, he's he not a caricature. He is a caricature. I would say he's kind of a caricature. You would say so? Yeah. He's like the 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 nice boy in the town who can't do no wrong, you know. He, he Oh, he he's such a fine little fellow. Don't mind him. <laughs> he sweeps up in front of the movie house yes, at the end of the night. Yes, he's the, the freaking kid from, uh, what's that movie Last called? Picture Show. Last Picture Show. He's the kid from Last Picture Show. <sighs> you know, just don't mind him. He's, he's alright. Yeah, and... He wouldn't hurt no flea. <laughs> and, it, and that's the thing where I'm torn because I'm like, you, you, you can hear it in my voice, right? Because yeah. I'm like, I really like Tom Hanks in this movie, but I really don't like the character he's like portraying on like a, a principal standpoint. It's fucking rough. And also the way he says Jenny, I can't do it. Oh my God. I can't God. fucking do it. Jenny. Jenny. <laughs> I can't do it. You're I just like, simply can't. I went on a rant in the Tom, middle of the movie. Shut the fuck up, Tom. Okay. Because... <laughs> Okay, because Tom Hanks, I, I don't know if you know this, when they were having him base his, like, southern drawl and all that stuff, Tom Hanks was like, look, I don't want to do, like, a real heavy, like, southern drawl that's getting all... That, he didn't want to be Foghorn Leghorn, right? Yeah. And then Robert Zemeckis was like, look, you have to do it. Like, based on the book, based on the character, like, you have to. He grew up in Greensboro, Alabama. He's a very proud southern boy. He's like, you need to have the thick accent. And he's like, fine. And the child actor, who was actually from the south and had that accent... He was like, all right, I'll just do the kid's accent. Yeah. So he's doing he's doing an impersonation of the kid so the kid didn't have to change his accent for Tom yeah. Hanks' old guy performance. And, like, sometimes he just sounds like this, this southern boy who's just, you know, oh, you know, he just talks a little funny, right? But then there's some things where I'm like, that is, like, you would get canceled today <laughs> if you talked like that, sir. <laughs> oh. Every time he says, Jenny, I'm like, I'm going on Twitter. This is over. I can't do it right <laughs> I'm, now. I'm canceling Tom I'm Hanks canceling right now. I'm canceling Tom Hanks right now. And it's, that's one of those I, I things totally that just. I feel it too. Like, 90% of the performance is fine. Like, I understand, like, it's a big, but it's a big movie at mm-hmm. the time. And it would be really experimental in the early 90s to actually get somebody who, and the other thing is. Um, Forrest Gump in the books it is questionable if he is mentally challenged he's like a savant it, it's weird because you know this is based on a book right and in the book fun fact everybody they cut out the part where he goes to space and becomes an astronaut <laughs> and gets trapped on a desert island to be he creates a new democracy on this island what the fuck it gets weird also he's kind of racist in the book like really? actually not kind of like super racist in the book what the fuck and also he's like it's like the book is way way different and there's a sequel to it that they were going to make and they decided not to after 9-11 but like like they really softened up a character who originally was very much kind of like 
not a good person, but Tom Hanks's performance as this kind of nice southern. I don't even know where I'm going. I just know that this is it's so awkward. This movie is there's, so awkward. There's so many awkward things about this movie. But <sighs> honestly, the movie isn't really that bad. It's not not even a little bit. I think um Gary Sinise's Lieutenant Dan is fantastic. Yeah, he's I, really good. I even think Robin Robin Wright who plays Jenny is really really good. Like she has depth to a character that I think is like she I gets, th- always thought was like kind of a no nothing character. Her acting gets a lot better towards the end of the movie. Yeah. And like the that's the thing. Like there's so much of this movie where I'm like this is a really solid movie across the board, but it's so awkward so strange it's so weird all right what was your favorite part about the movie well let's let's get this out here this will give us a point to talk about my favorite part about the movie there's one scene by far and that's when i knew tom hanks was winning the oscar it's when jenny shows forrest his son for the first time i was i was gonna say the right thing and and the first thing he asks is is he smart is he and he like he can't get the words out but you know he's trying to say he's like is he like me Mm -hmm. and she's like no no forrest he's very smart smartest kid in his class and you see that joy in his eyes and i'm like that's the only part of the movie where i'm like i'm about to cry up ray's about to cry up right now bro the whole movie is a setup for that scene i swear to allah The whole fucking movie is literally just there to set up that one string to put a fucking tugboat on your heartstrings, dude. Just, just fucking wrench them bitches like no tomorrow. Like, because holy it's, shit. it's so good. Because you're watching this movie and you're just like, Forrest Gump is the most interesting man in history. He's done so many things and then... When he finds out he has a son, the first thing is he's like, I don't want him to be like me. I don't want him to have this hard life. What? Right? And I'm like, oh, God. That's that's the moment where you just understand him, like, as a character. That is the most, like, deep, like, in the soul of Forrest Gump you get in that movie. Where it's like, this isn't, like, the story. This isn't the happy-go-lucky nice guy. This is, like, Forrest Gump, the human being. And this is the shit that, like, that's, that's the thing that scares him. Vietnam didn't scare him. Like, going into a storm and, like, having this madman on his boat. Like, running across America. All this stuff. Nothing. This is the thing where he's like, I need... Is is he like... Is he like me? And I'm like, ah. Oh. That, that won the Oscar right there. 100%. That 100%. Won the, that won the fucking Oscar. That, that got this movie all the awards. That fucking moment. That was the Oscar bait moment. <laughs> the whole... Everything was... The... The person who came up with turning that book into the into the screenplay, you know, and the director too, like they they came together with the fucking like the ultimate master plan. They were like this right here, you know. It, it's like in the war movies or whatever, where they point at like Normandy Beach and they're like, "It's gonna be right fucking here." We're gonna do like this fucker right here so hard. <laughs> it's just you know where where they lay out the the battle plans and it's like this. They circle the the one point with a big red circle. This right fucking ear. This is what it's all about. <laughs> and that's and that's the thing because, you know, like I remember like Bubba dying. Like yeah. that was the thing. It was like growing up. You know, I was like, oh, like that one was the one that hurt the most, mm-hmm. right? Because like we grew up watching like war movies yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you know, I don't want to see Bubba die. You know, it's his best friend. And then he goes and he does the whole soliloquy at his grave. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that part like always hurt growing up. And then it's like, oh, his mom dying. I'm like, oh no, like his mom. And then like. Like, all that stuff, like, now we're watching it now, and it kind of, like, fades away. And I'm like, okay, no, this is, like, really good. And, like, this is, like, oh, that's a really good scene, really good acting. And then, like, once we get to that scene where he meets his son, like, the artifice goes away. And then I stop seeing the actors. Yeah. And that's, like, the only part of the movie where, like, the actors disappear for me. Yeah, where you're watching the characters, you know? Yeah. Like, it no, it's no longer Tom Hanks and Robin Wright. It's fucking Forrest and Jenny. Like, are you okay? Dude, it hits so fucking hard, that scene. That scene goes fucking hard. That's, that's like, the scene at the end of Sixth Sense, almost. You you can't do that one? It's just, like, God, God, God damn. But <laughs> he's like, fuck this man. There's fuck more, Joe there's more fucking, uh, yeah, true, honestly. He's in both scenes, but, um. Yeah. The thing about that scene is that I, that's, like, the most character development I've seen in, like, any fucking movie that happens in one fucking scene. Because you it's, have all these expectations for both these characters. It's because, like, Forrest, as, like, a character, is, like, an egg, and that's the only time that you ever see him crack, right? Mm-hmm. 
Like he's always he's always he's the same guy throughout the entire movie for the most part. Yeah, he really doesn't change almost at all. Yeah, Jenny's the one who actually goes through the arc and she changes from from a, she has a character arc throughout the whole movie and we only yeah, see she has ups and downs and she goes through everything, right? And yeah. Forrest basically stays the same except for like two scenes. Mm-hmm. And that's when he meets his kid and when he's talking over Jenny's grave. That's it. And that those are where you see like the those the deep cuts of the soul right there mm-hmm. that's when we get to see like oh, all right get, give him the fucking uh, i'm fuck give him it. the fucking oscar fuck it and also jen jenny's um grave scene right mm-hmm. i think it is it is one of the sweetest saddest and hardest things i think i've ever seen where he actually puts his son's letter on his on jenny's grave without reading it. without reading it Cause like that's one of those things where you know, like you give like the kid gives the letter to like the grave and like the dad you know he's he saves it puts mm-hmm. it away he doesn't actually take it there because he's like no I'm gonna save this so I can like you know preserve it you know because it's something for his mom you know yeah. but he but Forrest because you know he doesn't break a promise he's like you know I didn't read it I'm I'm gonna leave it here for you and just leaves it on his grave and walks away and I'm like ah oh, that, that shit is hard that's snapped my soul it snapped my soul in half <laughs> do you need tissues. No, I'm alright. I all got right. my sleeve. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's like it's 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 fucking Forrest Gump, Sixth Sense, fucking Sophie's Choice, Snap Randy's Soul in Half. But here's the thing: is that the rest of this movie does like almost nothing for me, right? Like every time there was a comedy bit in it, you were like, "The fuck is this?" Yeah, I'm like, oh, oh, fuck right off. <laughs> that. Oh my god, I wish we had a counter for every time. Oh, oh, I probably said it like twelve or thirteen times during the whole. Oh movie. yeah. Where you were like, fuck right off. I wish I had a counter. Because it was like every five minutes, every time Forrest would like, oh, Lieutenant Diane, and jump into the fucking water like, and swim out. Fuck off. Or he's like, and me, Lieutenant. He didn't do that. And me and Lieutenant Diane went to the church, and he's in the gospel choir, and he's just like <laughs> standing stock still and mad dogging into the bathroom, and everybody's like singing, moving around, getting into he's the in rhythm. An all black woman gospel choir, and he's there. Standing stock still as they're grooving to the gospel. White and <laughs> just singing along with them and I'm like fuck right off uh, that is bullshit don't you dare put that in my fucking movie I swear when to the, god when the drill sergeant is like you're a goddamn genius IQ 160 because Forrest because he asked Forrest what what's the one thing you're supposed to do and he's like listen to you drill sergeant and he's like goddamn genius son and I'm like what the fuck it's so fucking uh, or when he's being chased by the the kids when they're in like high school right he's being chased by the kids in the in the truck yes and yes. like the truck is like almost catching up the forest and forest like veers off right and then he dusts and, that fucking no, no, truck and then they cut to like uh, the truck chasing Forrest in the in the field. It's not been more than a second. And Forrest has dusted that bitch by like 40 yards. Dude. And I'm just like, eat my fucking asshole. Like, that is not real. Fuck off. Dude, and the, here's the craziest thing. Because there are parts in this movie where I'm like, where, where you would think, that can't be fucking real. That's that's so much bullshit. Like, when Forrest runs across America. Well, no, I, I, that part, I wasn't like, oh, fuck right off. But, like, you know, him dusting the fucking him, truck. Or, or his leg braces snapping apart, and then it cuts to the wide, and he's, like, 100 yards ahead yeah, of these kids he's like dusting these motherfuckers. dusting the kids on the bikes, you know? It's just, like, shit like that. I'm like, oh, just... just fuck right off like and it's like not... i don't i don't want to be mean when they cut it's... him into like any of the like um historical footage oh god i'm just like fuck off dude like, pe- stop. people were so into that because again one best visual effects yeah. right and a lot of this movie is like oh my god like this is such a huge step forward with visual effects technology right green screening chroma king like putting forest into the or tom hanks into these archival footage and having him quote under big quotes seamlessly meld into these archival footage interact with these like old people who've been dead for blah blah blah, number of years and it's like at some points i'm like okay you could maybe get away with that but god damn this would have been better looking on vhs oh a hundred percent a hundred and ten percent the higher quality doesn't know justice does not help i was watching this on youtube in 240p i think it would look so much better (laughs) right because like the mouth thing on on all the presidents that are talking to him just don't sink or work right at all the one that's the worst is when it's like the school integration scene right and he's like poking his head 
between the person that's talking and like the person next to him. Oh yeah, like and he's peeking lo- around the back, and you can. It looks like a bad it shot. Looks so fucking bad. It, it's worse than a deep fake now. Yeah. Oh god, yes. And and it's some things where I'm like, because there's some it's of it. Fine. Sometimes it's fine. I mean, there's some where it's like really good. Like when they remove Gary Sinise's legs, like mm-hmm. that stuff's really good. Yeah. Like it is like seamless. The other stuff is like the ping pong balls, because all that's CGI. Yeah. There's never a ping pong ball in the entire movie. That stuff's like really, really good. Really, really good. And it's and it's a whole thing where it's like the movie is like is like really good with it in some parts. And then in some parts I'm like, you were ILM, you 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 were half assing the feather, weren't you? <laughs> you were half assing that feather. It gets pretty blurry at times, but I think you know. it's fine. Yeah. I mean, that's, again, that's kind of a nitpicky thing from this movie that's literally as old as I am. But, I guess, the other thing about this movie is Robert Zemeckis, the uh, the director. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say this right now. In terms of AFI movies, this should not be on the list. Back to the Future should be on this list as the Robert Zemeckis. As the Robert Z- God uh, damn it. That is some heavy bias. Fuck right off. Back to <laughs> the Future, greatest script ever written, has the best casting ever made, there is not a single bad performance, and every one of them should have gotten an Oscar for their performance. It is perfect. It is the perfect trilogy. Fight me, Star Wars. You can go fuck off. Back <laughs> to the Future 2 trilogy. is... Back to the Future is better than Empire. <laughs> Back to the Future 3 is better than Jedi. You can suck my what dick, you think, difference. Back to the Future 3. <laughs> Damn right. You watch Back to the Future 3 lately? That movie is awesome. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Dude, right, let's get back to talking about Forrest Gump. All right, all right. Let's well, let's, let's back 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 right it up. up. So Robert Zemeckis, right? Robert Zemeckis. Robert Zemeckis. He became known as the Million Dollar Director, right? He was. Yeah, he get, here's the thing, though. I didn't particularly care for much of the directing in this movie. Okay, that's that's a good question. That's that's an interesting question. Why not? I just like none of it seemed really innovative to me. None of it really stood out as like, oh, that's a really good shot. That's a really good um sequence like it all seemed very kind of like one two three wrap it set it off like very 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 um, formulaic very like old studio yeah like just kind of like yeah that's good wrap it up you know like there wasn't really like oh no no i i need more from this you know i'm gonna try my best to get the you know like there it didn't seem like he was really trying all that much like he was just doing it very stock like which is kind of weird, crazy because this is the guy that did like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, like that is year, not stock. Year, which is years <laughs> beforehand, and it is not stock. I mean, granted, it's like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. If you haven't seen it lately, it's Chinatown with cartoons, mm-hmm. and it is just as awesome as I just explained to you. But with this, it really does feel like a like a movie that was made to be as middle of the road, like time lifey as possible. Like it feels like a movie that should should run on TBS till the end of time. Like this will please oh, everybody. Hundred percent. This this and uh, all the presidents men just run on TBS. Just back to back, back just to back, over and over. Yeah, but th- but that's the thing about the direction in this movie. There's no like Tarantino like like weird stuff. There's no like Dennis Hopper doing you know like um weird camera movements weird cut editing everything is very just standard and clean and it's almost by the books i don't even know like what's the longest shot in this movie like 20 seconds maybe there's there's no long takes in the movie i don't think i mean some of it's kind of impressive with the like the technology integration yeah that's the more impressive part about any of this yeah, which, I mean, he did have to direct them. There's a whole green screen process, and he did have to, like, get performances out of hangs versus people who weren't there and there were standings. Like, he did he did do, like, incredible things as, his, as a director, but how the movie is shot overall, how, like, again, like, he's getting great performances out of his actors, but... True, true, which I guess is his main goal. Yeah, which is his main, yeah, which is his main thing. Like, that's why he's there to direct the actors, and... But creatively across the board i'm like this movie feels almost like um like a perfect product for like the masses of america right like this thing feels almost like genetically engineered to just be the perfect movie for as many people who go to movie theaters during the months of like january to march like old people this is the perfect old people movie but is that is that where we get like this kind of like weird feeling of the movie? Are we getting like an uncanny valley effect of like you know it's it's 
it's impersonating a good movie and it's getting real close but it's it's in that valley where it's like i don't there's something off here well, i don't know what it is it's not a bad movie that's the that's the thing like i will not call this a bad movie this is a good movie i think this movie's a fine movie a fine film a fine movie it's not great i wouldn't say it's that good either it's fine really i i think it's good but granted i'm I also look at it and I'm like, it's just so Tom Hanks, I think, is just so good in it. And he's the only actor I've ever seen portray somebody who is mentally challenged in a way that I could still stand oh. to watch on screen. Oh, real quick, what the fuck is up with Bubba's, like, uh, uh, his, like... I have no gum, fucking idea. His, like, gum prosthetic or whatever. Like, uh, why the ain't, fuck? Ain't a foggy idea, sir. <laughs> like, uh, I know. I that something... shit looks like a caricature from, like, one of those, like, old Disney cartoons that they don't show anymore. Oh, because yeah. Because they're too racist. Yeah, and it's... Also, like, is Bubba mentally deficient? I don't think he is. It's suppo- I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be implied that he's, like, Forrest, right? Yeah, but it's like, he's he's also, like, got his shit together. He, he knows things. It's almost like it's it's so weird, like, Bubba as a character, because, like, Bubba is a character that I think so many people just, like, love in this movie. Because I've, I've met people in real life who go by the name of Bubba because of Forrest Gump. <laughs> Alright? And he was a fine gentleman. But it it's so weird because he is, like, this caricature of, like, a stereotypical, like, uneducated, like, African-American person from the South. Yeah. But he, and then they're trying to, like, demon his character by him having a whole backstory and his relationship with Forrest. That's also, like, a commentary on, like, the, um, that they comment on in the same movie with the Black Panthers, right? Like, sending these uneducated black men from the South to war. Yeah. Right? Like, it's it's a commentary where they comment on it in in the movie just later on. And it's, it's such a weird thing, and I... I don't, I do not understand why the prosthetics there. It's probably something to do with, like, the character in the book. And they I were like, know. no, we need to keep that. I guess? <laughs> I just fucking like, guess? But why, though? And it, it's just, it, it's so weird. It looks, it looks weird. Yeah, that's the thing. There's so many parts of this movie that look really weird. Mm-hmm. But there's also some parts that I'm like, this is great. Okay, like, one part of the movie that I think is actually, like, really, really good. And also have, like, a weird, like, factoid about it. Um, the battle scene in Vietnam mm-hmm. where it's shelled out and it's like this whole thing and Forrest has to drag his, his boys out, you know, yeah. onto the, onto like the cliff side so they can get like, um, or it's like a beach or, something. or a beach so they can get uh, choppered out. Um, that was voted one of the most realistic, uh, Vietnam war sequences of all time in cinema because, uh, the gentlemen who voted in were like, it's exactly like it was over there. You didn't see the enemy. The gunfire came from everywhere. Your friends were dropping, you didn't know where it was coming from, and you were scared shitless. That was the closest most of these guys ever saw to seeing something they experienced on screen. Jesus. And I'm like, props to you, Robert Zemeckis, for pulling a Spielberg for like five seconds, like he did in Normandy, but like, why? <laughs> what do you mean, why? Why is he in Vietnam? <laughs> I guess he's in forest? the forest? Yeah. Well, I guess, I guess. It fits in the timeline, like, why wouldn't he? Yeah, I guess. What else is Forrest gonna do at that time? Go play in the NFL? He could have. He could have oh, been. Oh, that's another part that I was like, oh fuck right off when he's running downfield in the college ball game, and then he makes a he books a straight left, and they're like, no, Forrest that way. I'm okay, like, and then he still doesn't get caught up to him. Fuck right. <laughs> so I've I've seen this this thing, and it's like the movie fantasy football league, right? Where they watch sports movies and they do draft picks for players. Mm-hmm. And, and they're they're like professional like NFL scouts. Yeah. Right? And they're like, yo, Forrest Gump was a real man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He'd be a first round draft <laughs> pick. That motherfucker, got a, that motherfucker got a 440. That'd be unimaginable. You get him on special teams? Oh, that motherfucker gets you to a bowl. He gets you a ring. Shut the fuck I swear up. to God. I swear to God. Like, oh that's the God. thing about this movie. This movie is so weird. And I know I keep going on these weird tangential bullshit things but it's it, all this movie is it's weird tangential bullshit yes and it's like i ki- i kind of love it for that it's, i, I kind of hate it well i hate it when i'm watching it it's funny as hell when we're talking about that's it. the thing like this movie is so fun to talk about but like when we watched it 
I remember you were like, oh, we haven't gotten to running across the country I'm like, yet. I'm uh, like, uh, what, what part of the movie was that? It was when... I think oh, was... when Jenny shows up, right, to, to Forrest's house. So she, she can get impregnated. Yeah, so she can get fucking railed by, by Forrest and get impregnated by him. Um, and I was just, like, sitting there being like, oh, fuck, he hasn't even ran across the country yet. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's a thing where he does that, and it's, you know, the last 20, 30 minutes of the movie, right? And then it leads into, like, the best scenes scene of the yes, film by yes. far. But it's, Where he finally gets off, off the park bench. Yeah, but the movie is two hours and 22 minutes. I don't know if it needs to be that long. It really doesn't. It really does not need to be this long. I mean, because it's like, this would be very interesting, like, episodically for, like, the story of Forrest Gump's life. But it is yeah, so hard to sit be. through for two and a half hours. Yeah. It's like, these are nice, like, 30... 40 minute segments and then i'm like i really just can't hear him say jenny again i just bitch. can't i'm sorry <laughs> dean's over there being like if this motherfucker says jenny one more time click clack i'm gonna blast his ass i, I, I don't know why it is it is like nails to on a chalkboard nails on a chalkboard i swear to god well, because it's the only thing he says where he like really overemphasizes it and it and it's not like and that's when it goes full cartoon. Yeah. For me, where I'm like, okay, where everything else is full caricature. Full caricature, and I just can't. And that's the problem with the movie. It's almost like Spartacus. It's ten degrees every direction from being perfect. But uh, but not perfect. Uh, being the, great. Here's the thing. I I give the movie a lot of credit because it does kind of like do all of these weird small things throughout the movie. It does like these comedy bits and really dramatic shit. I mean, like. Jenny almost kills herself, like, twice in the movie. Yeah. And she dies later on of, mm -hmm. um, HIV. We're pretty sure it's AIDS. It's, it, yeah. Heavily implied. Heavily implied it's AIDS. And, uh, like, all of this different stuff in the movie and, like, has, like, these really deep moments. And it does all of these things without being completely incoherent. Yeah. Like, it's a coherent movie. Which is so impressive. Honestly, is impressive by itself. On paper, this movie should not make a lick of fucking sense. No. God, no. Like, especially honest, considering the source material. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, this movie, this is one of those movies I feel could not be made today and still for be a plethora of for a plethora of reasons, but it would not be as loved or beloved. Cause let's mm. be honest, this movie is not just loved. It is beloved. People fucking love this movie. Uh, we know somebody, love this movie. we know somebody who every Christmas, they do not watch a Christmas story. They do not watch It's a Wonderful Life. They don't even watch Die Hard. They sit down as a family, and they watch Forrest Gump, and they have for like 15 years. This movie is fucking loved, and I kind of see why, because it's a movie that I feel so many people can get so many things out of, and it has like generally a good message, message you know, it's like, no matter where you are in life, you can, like, you know, work hard and blah, blah, blah. Like, hashtag, hashtag conservative values, Circa Reagan. Well, but it's, also, it's a, you know, a message that I can, like, Also, like, the understand. whole, like, destiny and the, like, whole, like, mixing of destiny and, you know, like, uh, wandering around like the feather in the movie. It, yeah. And it's, like, your, your destiny's not written, but it's out there if you can find it. Yeah. And it's a really thoughtful movie. That shouldn't be as thoughtful as it is. It's a funny movie that's not that shouldn't really be as funny as it is. It's a dramatic movie that shouldn't be as dramatic as it is. Mm -hmm. It's a movie that's kind of it's slightly above average in all the things it's trying, but when you put it all together, it feels so like awkward. It like, is an awkward movie. I know we've said that like fifteen times. But it's just so true. It's like when we talked about like like. You just need to to watch this movie to understand, like, what we're talking about here. Like, it's it's like when we talk about Sunrise, right? Yeah. You need to watch the movie to understand, like, why it is the way we're talking about it. Like, why this movie is so awkward. Why Sunrise is such a beautiful movie, you know? Yeah, and it's like, I don't... I don't... I don't really know. I don't... Well, here's the thing. No. Like, I understand why... I can't... He, is Forrest, like, one of the most endearing, like, um, characters in all of cinema? Like, is that why people love this movie so much? I, I would, I would probably hazard a guess to say yes. Forrest Gump is... Top ten. Forrest Gump is one of these characters where you just kind of love to see him just 
just move along. You just really love to see Tom Hanks play that character and just be this kind of slow but really kind man who knows he's in love with this woman who just can't express it and who can do these great things and see all these amazing parts of history but not really understand what's going on around him. He's this character you just you just wish you could you could just explain things to. He's just such a sweet character. You know what? I just had like the worst thought pop into my head. I hate you so much. And, you know, <laughs> I just, I'm just going to have to throw it out there, you know? Fucking Forrest Gump has that Sigma male grind set. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I, I'm an internet boomer. I do not know what that means. He's, you know, there's there's alphas and betas, and then there's Forrest Gump, man. He's just on his grind. He doesn't care about anything else except for, you know... Jenny and getting <laughs> shit done. Yeah, getting shit done. Yeah, that's, that's all he cares about, you know? He's like, you know, I'm gonna be a... I'm gonna, be Bubba, I'm gonna own Bubba Gump's company. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a shrimping man. I'm gonna make a gazillion dollars shrimping. And he goes and he does it. <laughs> he doesn't care about any kind of bitches. <laughs> anything like that. The only Jeez. things he cares about is Jenny... And getting shit done. He's on that grind set. <laughs> I mean, you, I just you kind of right. Like <laughs> I just imagined him like super buff and like those like ripped jeans that Dude, are like, three okay. sizes too small. Okay, for for one thing, with how much <laughs> Forrest Gump has to run and the fact that he is I'm an so... all American like like football player, I'm like this. He should be yoked out of his mind he should look like that picture of like it's like i think it's like some football player in the 70s and people always refer to him as like chad and he's got like the the black streaks on his like um oh yeah cheeks. Cheeks. and he's got like the the military haircut like blonde or whatever and he's like this huge buff dude in like football pads yeah he's, yeah probably like six foot eight <laughs> 400 pounds of raw muscle yeah, eats a whole chicken every chad. meal yeah like Dude, well, his actually, legs should be the size in, of my fucking torso. To, to go back to the, the thing, because this is based on a book, and I just like bringing it up, because I did a lot of research on like the book, right? Okay. In the book, Forrest Gump is the fucking mountain from Game of Thrones. Okay. He is He's a huge. monster of a man. He's like, <laughs> he is legit like six foot six, six foot eight, like 300 plus pounds of just raw muscle. Like, fuck? he is supposed to be yoked out of his mind. And they get Tom Hanks, who's, you know... In shape, but he ain't he ain't fucking sliced alone. All right, no. like they should have gotten fucking Arnold. Could you imagine if they got Arnold or Stallone to play fucking the Forrest? Gump? The writer wanted John Goodman to play Forrest. That was his. That was his envision. Was John Goodman, but just like like in like a, like a tight John Goodman. Can you imagine Holy like a swole shit. John Goodman? That'd fucking be terrifying. Buff John Goodman. Yeah. I'd be like what fucking timeline is this? <laughs> I'd be horrible. I feel like I need to get back to my time. <laughs> but yeah, that and like oh my god, and they wanted so many people to come in to play Forrest Gump. Like I think I think they offered like a bunch of people this role and they all turned it down. Like Chevy Chase was going to be Forrest Gump at one point. What the, the actual this fuck is I like know. like when uh um what's his name was like has like pictures of him in like the superman suit oh nicholas cage nicholas cage in the superman suit like that that shit say what like, you will i think we could have gotten a pretty good superman with nick cage i mean it would have been fucking hilarious <laughs> i mean tim burton was gonna direct it too oh my kevin God. script wrote kevin smith wrote the script i know it, it would have been glorious it would have been amazing and the producer was the guy that did wild wild west oh my god he wanted a giant spider in the third act it would have been the greatest thing of all time <laughs> it would have it would have it would have been the citizen kane of the 90s dude it would have been so good for our timeline because you know kevin smith might have made enough money off of that so we wouldn't have to work now so we wouldn't get his bullshit he has nowadays but oh. anyways yikes yikes so <laughs> Um, okay, okay. But, uh, but Forrest Gump, do you got anything you want to, you want to press upon before we get to the question? Like, the only question we ask oh, on no, this podcast. Uh, uh, you, you want to talk about some of the themes of the movie? Because it's got a lot of themes going for it, but I feel like it, it kind of does the thing that I think a lot of movies do, where it comments on its own themes inside of its own movie. And, yeah, because it's trying to analyze what's going on itself and leave the audience with, like, this is what we found exploring this theme, which... A lot of movies do, which, you know, is fine. I, I don't particularly like it. Because well, like you like able... philosophy stuff. You yeah, love Blade like, Runner because it was like, here's an open question. Also, here's like 40 of them. Yeah, Get I like nerd. the open-ended, like, self-reflection the movie gives on you at the end. And not so much this, like, 
you know, sending these young men off to war and um, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. And, you know, destiny isn't something you choose. You, you just kind of fall into it. You yeah. know, like all these different themes of the movie. And it's like, what it, is love? What is love? You know, what does it mean to love somebody? Which I heard a very beautiful quote by somebody about love. And love was, uh, you know, when you want, don't want something to end. That mm. is love. You know, when you, you want something to go on for eternity, that's love. Well, that's that's really sweet. Mm-hmm. You heard that in a Kanye song, didn't you? No, no, no. I heard it on a lecture of pre-Socratics. That is way more pompous than I thought you would get. <laughs> All right. I, you know, though. I was hoping it was Kanye. No, it was not Kanye. Well, the greatest philosopher of our time. Kanye was. No, yeah. he's, he's not much of a philosopher. He's the greatest producer of our time, maybe. All right. But, like. Because I've heard, like, because that's, like, another, like, main crux of the movie, because Jenny is searching for something and, and, you know, trying to find love, and she doesn't want to love Forrest because she just feels she's not good for him, and that's kind of love. At different times in the movie, I feel like she, at first, I feel like it's not like she's not good enough for Forrest, it's that she's too good for Forrest, right? Like, she's like, I I don't want to be with forest he's not smart he's not a smart guy you know he's he's the he's the guy that i like that helped walk me home and he was nice and sweet but he's just my friend he's just my friend you know and later on in the movie is when she thinks that she's not good enough for forest i think she goes through a transformation there to where at first forest isn't good enough for her and then they kind of switch spots into where now she feels that she's not good enough for forest because of the things she's been through you know Mm -hmm. and it's and then Forrest is, like, he knows, like, from the bat, like, he's in love with her. And I feel like a lot of the movie is him, like, I don't even think he, his perception of his love for Jenny has ever, has changed at all in the movie. I think it's no. a thing where he knew what love is from the get-go, and Jenny just un- didn't understand that he could feel that because yeah. of who he is. And I think that's another sweet thing, because it's like, you know, you might not be as smart as, you know, everyone else, but, like, you can feel as much as everyone else. Like, mm-hmm. feeling and emotion is just something that's so, like, raw and human. Like, love is a very, like, pure, organic thing of just the human condition. Like, you don't... That's not something you have to learn. It's just something that you, you have an experience. Yeah. And it, that's a it's a really sweet concept in the film, and I, and I think it's really nice. Yeah. But also, fuck Jenny. <laughs> Should have married. Should have married him the first time he asked. True. She got married out of high school and started pumping kids out. Little Forrest is back to back. She wouldn't have died of HIV. Forrest also would have been sent to Vietnam. Maybe, maybe not. No, no, he would have been. No, he would have been the sole uh, caregiver. Oh, true. Also, he didn't get drafted. He enlisted. He did also enlist. Also exactly. True. Bubba was drafted. Bubba was drafted. But Randy, as of that time, that's the only question on this show. <clears throat> We've asked a few questions on the show, actually. Yeah, the only one that actually repeats. Oh, oh. Why are you gay? No, <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> so, it's spawned on the AFI Top 100 Films of All Time. At number 76, does it deserve a spot on the, on the list? Now, here's the thing. It is quite an American movie. Yes. Well, let's get that out there. Like... We can both agree, like, it is, is a lo- almost as fucking American as apple pie. It is a love letter to literally the last half of the 20th century of the United States. Through arguably <clears throat> the most important, like, couple decades the United States went through. Like, the 60s, 70s, like, yeah. What do you, how do you feel about it? Uh, so what, what, it's what? a super American film. It has a cultural impact. It has the Oscars to show it. The movie itself is pretty good. But it's kind of awkward. Like seems that's like you're giving it a lot of praise there. But the movie, know. as it stands, is probably a little too high. This being over <clears throat> movies like Sunrise, uh, over movies like uh, Easy Rider, Platoon, things like that. I or do the right thing. This being over, do the right thing. I think is, isn't right. This is over all the presidents' men. This is also over all the presidents' men. Where Randy really enjoyed that movie. That movie's great. <laughs> I think it's PG. It is. You still can't get over this. <laughs> I can't get over that. Forrest Gump is PG-13. I know. And they say fuck. They do. And, and they get their titties out. They, they don't do. see the titties. But they get them out. 
But yeah, I feel this at seventy six is a little too high. This is Way like an, this is like an eighties nineties movie. Yeah, really, like easily, easily like down in the nineties. Ah, uh, yeah, I think like I it being like... in the eighties is probably a cleaner suit because it does do a lot of things really well. It's a very watchable movie. I feel like well, like, I, I guess it's not re- watch that watchable. I, I want to replace this movie with something else. Honestly, like I want to be like cycle this bitch off. Let's put Back to the Future on here. It's the Zemeckis. Shut okay, okay. Do, do Robert... we need Zemeckis on here? All right, name name all the movies he's done. Uh, all three Back to the Futures, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Let me get the Forrest, I'm... Gump. Forrest Gump. Let me get the IMDb out. Like he doesn't sound all that impressive. Like yeah, it's fine. All but all right, Castaway, Polar yeah. Express. Ew, he did Beowulf. He got fucked. <laughs> Uh, yeah. that's where you can see his career take a nosedive right after Beowulf. <laughs> I know, I know. He also did Contact. Uh, he did like Tales of the Crypt. Basically, him Tales of the Crypt. Yeah, yeah. He was one of the um. Oh, he did a couple, of couple episodes, I and see. I think he was one of the producers on Tales from the Crypt. Because that's the thing. He's like a bigger like producer person. Like mm-hmm. him, Spielberg. Those guys were you know really big producer people. Like Spielberg um helped do all the production stuff for back to the future and who framed roger rabbit and it's like he's a good director and he really does push forward like technology stuff i did contact i didn't see that oh yeah contact's really good i I watched that movie not too long ago it's probably one of the better like alien invasion quote-unquote movies it's a very like smart movie based on a carl sagan book it's a very good good film but like he's a good director. He's good, but I'm like looking. I'm looking at the the list of his work. You know, I'm just like, is this deserved? Of like, oh, he's good enough to where we just need something from him on the AFI. I don't think we're at that level. Uh, look, look. I again. I know you are. You you are just Dean is a biased son of a bitch for Back to the Future. I like Back to the Future. I think they're good, but it's. They're not, like, come on now. Okay, <laughs> legitimately, they use the script to teach, like, the perfect script at USC and UCLA. Because it's easy to understand. Yes, and it's it's great. And there's not it, a bad performance. It, it's an it, iconic film. It is an iconic film, but it's just like, it, like what, what is it really trying, what is it really, like, really accomplishing over other films? Like, are you going to tell me that that film is better than Sunrise? Straight face, right now. Is it better than Sunrise, a tale of two, a song of two humans? I should okay, say. Okay, okay. First of all, you mean as a cinematic experience overall. or as enjoyment? Overall. Okay, overall, I mean, Sunrise, though a great, beautiful film, does not have Gorgeous. Doc Brown in it. Does not have Christopher I would, Lloyd. I would not knock Sunrise for not having Christopher Lloyd or Michael J. Fox. Come on now, or Crispin Glover. Come on. <laughs> But yeah, no, I get you. I understand what you mean. Like as a as pieces of pure art cinema, I've, I've like Sunrise is better. Yeah, but like I'm saying, as a representative of like a Zemeckis film on this list, it's but either like do his best movie. I would argue is Back to the Future. Like as as a sure. as a person who's seen a lot of the movies that you would argue are his best, I would say Back to the Future is his best movie. But that's the thing: is that good enough to be on this list? Yeah. Like for your best movie being. Back to the Future, is that good enough to, like, cement you on the AFI Top 100? Only 100 movies can be on the list. I understand, and we have no Mel Brooks films on this at all. We have no uh, David Lynch on this list at all. There's there's a lot of people who should be on and, the, and that are not. And Forrest Gump, I think, is on here because it is the Zemeckis film that swept the Oscars and made a shit ton of money. It was number two in 1994 behind Lion King. Literally, the power of Disney was the only thing that stopped Forrest Gump from running away with the box office. And I get it. It's a really good movie. It's good. It's fine. It's like 100 greatest films of all time, though. I don't feel it. You don't feel it? I don't feel it. So you're thinking, if they redid this list... Low 90s are off the list. Low 90s are off. Is Mm -hmm. this the... This is one of the first films we were... I think we've only done like three or four where we're like just off completely yeah you know it's like when we did our last list you know all the movies we rated like you know 199 98 you know yeah and i mean like don't be wrong like those movies i were like oh these are just flawed movies and not very good but this one i'm like it's impressive but i'm like it's not special 
Uh, yeah, well, fuck uh, off. The movie, <laughs> sorry. But, like, legitimately, <laughs> the, there's nothing, like, super special about this yeah. movie. There, there isn't anything, like, that's really wowing me about it that's like, oh my god, you know? Like, except for, like, those two scenes. But it's just tugging at the heartstrings, you know? Like, <sighs> that's, like, the cheapest way to, like, have a really good scene in a movie. I mean, it did make you cry, though. It did. But honestly, that's, like, the, the cheapest it, yeah. it is the cheapest thing to get like a pop for your movie, right? Just make make the people cry at the make end. Make a really heartbreaking scene near the end, like you know. Yeah, it's like it, that's basically like, the only thing people remember about uh, what was that movie? I Am Legend. Is it the dog dies. Yeah, <laughs> I I would dare people to tell me which is the real ending of that movie because I don't think people remember the theatrical ending versus the like director's cut ending or whatever. Because I don't know how many people actually watch the whole fucking movie. <laughs> But, besides the point, that was Forrest Gump. And next week, Randy, we get to watch a movie that's completely different. We're going to be watching In the Heat of the Night. It's yeah, we our, might watch it this, this week. Yes, it is our Sidney Poitier movie on the list. And it's uh, very, very good from everything I've heard. Um, story about this um, black detective who goes down to the very like rural and segregated South and is trying to unravel this mystery. And I'm really excited to watch it. I don't I don't remember how many Sydney Poitier films I've ever seen. I don't What else has he done? Uh Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, um okay. To Serve with Love. He's done like a lot of things, but he's one of these actors that I I don't remember in a lot of things, but I know he's one of the like literally one of the best actors to have ever like graced the screen. So I'm very excited for this one. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to this one too. But uh, with that, ladies and gentlemen, if you wanted to check that out, you can check us out on our YouTube channel, In The Frame. That's right, In The Frame on YouTube. And you can also find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. With that, Randy, any last words? Jenna. You son of a bitch! <laughs> See you all next week. See ya.